What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what it is. It's another edition of the Time to Jets podcast right here on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you happen to be listening right now. Appreciate you for doing so. Thank you for joining us again here. For another pregame edition of the podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe. Make sure to leave a five-star rating if you would be so inclined to do so. And of course, hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77. Let me know what you're thinking heading into today's game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Who they? Who they? Oh, the Jets are going to find out who they are today. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is... uh, This is not looking like it's going to be a fun game, but I mean, which game this year really has been outside of the Titans? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I was looking through, I was looking through notes. I was looking through who's playing, just, just going through scenarios in my head, trying to figure out, you know, how can the Jets be competitive? How can the Jets stay in this game and, uh, you know, maybe make it watchable in the fourth quarter. And every time I'm going through scenarios, every time I'm trying to figure something out, it's just mush because there really is no way for this team to be competitive. In my opinion, there's no way to really think that they're going to have any chance offensively to keep up with this Bengals team. I mean, even if the defense plays lights out, Mike White starting at quarterback. You got Josh Johnson, who is his backup. I mean, Corey Davis is not going to be playing today. This is going to be a not a very fun watch. Not a very fun game at all, I don't think, for this Jets team and for the Jet fans in attendance. But I do have a very, very weird feeling that the offense is going to look a lot better in the first quarter today. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I have this opinion. It's just more of a feeling than anything else. But I think this this offense is going to come out swinging early on. Um, I think you're going to see them take some shots. I think you're going to see LaFleur get really creative. I mean, you have to at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, you're sitting here. This is going to be week eight, seventh game of the season. And you still haven't scored a first quarter point. Not a first quarter touchdown, a first quarter point. And, I mean, we've been stressing that a couple of weeks. But now I think it's about that time where, you know, the media is starting to get on heavy. Fans are starting to feel like, what the hell? You know, LaFleur is getting asked questions about it. Salah getting asked questions about it. You know, players are getting asked questions about it. It's just, it's one of those things. It's like when a team is 0-12 and it's coming to the end of the year and you start seeing them play their asses off because they're like, hell no, we're not going to go the the entire year defeated. That's what's happening right now with this Jets offense. I think they're going to come out really hot, really ready to go um, and just put something on. Plus... And I kind of alluded to this the other day. I think there's a chance that we watch Mike White run this offense 
and he, one, looks way more comfortable than Zach Wilson did, and two, he fits the offense better than Zach Wilson does, which is not good at all, but it's going to show us that, hey, Mike LaFleur is not the guy, you know? That's something that I think we're going to learn today. We're going to see that, hey, in his offense, with a guy who can run his specific offense, you're going to have success. But when you have a young quarterback who you need to mold into this league and help to uh, become, you know, you need to you need to help him ease in. You need to help him become a star. But instead, you're more worried about running your crap and getting in your plays and getting in your offense and having him fit into your offense instead of making that offense work around him. We're going to see that today. We're going to see that most of the issues that this offense has had has been Mike LaFleur shoving square pegs into round holes. And I mean, to be completely fair, players do need to play the systems. Like, it's not an excuse to say that, hey, these guys aren't, you know, these guys just, this isn't working. This isn't a system that works for them. That does sound like an excuse. I get it. But when you're six games into the season and you're still sitting here looking like an idiot because you can't score any points in the first quarter, let alone move the damn ball, yeah, guess what? That is showing everybody that you are unable to change. And you are continuing to do that week in and week out. And now, I mean, I got to question the guy's job completely. I really do. We were calling people out last week. LaFleur has been one of the guys I've been calling out all year. Um, I, I just, barring something spectacular or, you know, Zach Wilson coming back from injury in a couple of weeks and just lighting the world on fire. Barring something like that happening, I can't imagine that Mike LaFleur is back next year. I can't imagine that anybody with a brain who knows football, who understands what has happened this year and what the goal was supposed to be for this season, I don't think there is any chance in hell that you see Joe Douglas, Robert Sala bring back Mike LaFleur. There's just no way. And today, I want you guys to pay attention to that. I want you guys to pay attention to how the offense looks with Mike White in it. And don't think, oh, Mike White's a better quarterback. I mean, it's possible. It's theoretically possible. But I think the real reason is because of the fit in this offense and the way that the guys play the game at the quarterback position. The difference between Zach and Mike White. And when you're watching that and you see that difference and you see the offense moving a little bit, just remember, don't jump to conclusions and say, Zach sucks, Mike White's great. Think and then say, huh, this offense really does only work with this type of a quarterback. And how can you be an offensive coordinator and have the number two overall pick and just be so unwilling unwilling to work with him to make an offense that can that he can play in that he can run not just what you want to call that's it's selfish it's, it's unbelievable too 
But I just wanted to put that in your guys' heads immediately so that when we are looking at this postgame, we're not all caught off guard, you know, by Mike White and the team perhaps putting up first quarter points for the first time all season, which, you know what, we will give a round of applause if that happens for sure because, I mean, about time. It'll be about time. Whenever those first quarter points come, oof, it's it's going to be a celebration, my people. It's going to be a celebration. I want you guys hitting me up on Twitter when it happens, too, at Zoobeard77. Let me see your reactions to those first Jets' first quarter points of the year. And uh, we'll have some fun with it for sure. But today, today is going to be a day about watching some of these, I mean, younger players come up and hopefully do a little something. You got to see Vera Tucker on the line. And I mean, the main goal offensively outside of perhaps putting up first quarter points, which is the only thing that would be redeemable coming out of this week. Um, you want to see Michael Carter get 15 plus carries. You want to see Michael Carter kind of start to break out a little bit, kind of start to, you know, make some things happen. Not just, Hey, you know, he's getting out there. He's getting three yards of carry. He's getting hit in the backfield, not really doing much of anything. It just because he doesn't have any room to run. You want him today. You want this offensive line blocking like it's their life. And you want him to get through. You want him to start making some runs. You want him to start gaining some confidence. Maybe go out there and put up 80 yards, 100-yard game maybe. That's what you need to start to see out of Michael Carter because that's the development of a running back. You look at guys across the league right now, they're making the most of all the opportunities they're getting. Passes, rushes. You don't see guys getting you know, 25 carries much anymore. So that that's just unrealistic. I mean, even bell cow running backs are getting, you know, 20. That's that's where, that's usually the number that they sit around. So get Michael Carter the ball, and let's see if he can be that guy. Let's see if he can be the type of dude that can carry up and down the field, put his shoulder down, and lay a guy out and get you a couple more yards. I have a little bit of a belief in Carter. I mean... He had a good week last week in the past game. Uh, Mike White used him big time as a check down. I think you'll see a lot more of that today. So if you can find a way to get Michael Carter 20-plus touches, I think the kid's going for over 100 yards of total offense. And you need that's what, that's what we're looking for. Big day for Michael Carter at the office. I think if, you're, if you are Mike LaFleur and you are trying to salvage something out of this game or try to develop someone in this game, it's got to be Michael Carter. It, you, it's, just, it's just too easy. It's too easy of an answer. It's too easy of a solution, especially with a backup quarterback out there. Get Michael Carter the rock, run that thing, and let's see, let's see what happens. Maybe you end up finding out that you can run the ball and that you don't need to force it through the air every single time. Maybe you find out then... That, hey, I got a legitimate running back on this team. And now next year, I don't have to use another draft pick to bring in another running back in the third round that I'm never going to play. Looking at you, LaMichael P. Ryan. But <laughs> it is going to be fun to see. And I think you got to check out Michael Carter. He's, he's going to be a guy to key in on 
on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, without Zach Wilson there, <laughs> there's really not going to be much of a reason to watch offense. So, yeah, Michael Carter, please save the day for us. <laughs> um, but offensively, I mean, Robert Sala, he said uh, during the week, he said the Bengals are the blueprint for the rebuild, you know, that we want to do. I I mean, that's very zofty goals. I don't think uh, the Jets are anywhere in the same position that the Bengals were in when they drafted Burrow and now in Burrow's second year. I don't think the Jets are anywhere in those positions. The receiving core is not the same caliber. I mean, you look at what the Bengals are doing. You got Joe Burrow throwing for over 1,900 yards already in the year. You got his, his man. His main guy out of LSU united with him once again, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, he's only second in the league with receiving yards, over a, over 760 yards on the season, six touchdowns, and you see him making game-breaker, game-breaker plays left and right, including the one that, uh, what was that, an 80-plus yard touchdown last week against the Ravens to light that game on fire. Um, the dude's a beast and you add him in the second year, get Joe, his attack, that offense all of a sudden becomes one of the best in the league. This team is nowhere near that. Plus Joe Burrow looks significantly better than Zach Wilson did through his first six games. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard for me to sit here and take a comment like that seriously from Salah. I mean, what the hell, what, what am I supposed to think? You, you don't want to have the success the Bengals are having? Yeah, we all get that, Rob. But you can't just throw things out there like, oh, yeah, we, we're trying to model ourselves after the Bengals when it's not real and it's not realistic. The Bengals are a well-put-together team and I'm in a much better place than the Jets are. I can't stress that enough. They are in a much better place than this Jets team. And even comparatively so last year when they got Burrow. They were in a much better place than this Jets team currently is. So I'm not sure at all what Robert Sala is trying to get at with that. But he needs to take a look at this Cincinnati team and recognize. Because it's going to be a while. It, and that's that's painful. That's painful to accept. That's painful to look at. But if this front office and this coaching staff is as ignorant and arrogant as they appear to be, this isn't going to be uh, – we're not going to be the Bengals next year. That's just not going to happen. It's, it's crazy. It's a crazy thought to even entertain. <laughs> but Rob entertained it, so I want to go and look at it too right now because – I just want to I just want to show y'all how good this Bengals team really is. And I already talked about Joey B and I talked about our guy Jamar Chase, the LSU connection, that little tiger connection in the Bengal orange. But they also got Mr. T Higgins on that Cincinnati team, Mr. Tyler Boyd, and a Mr. Uzama at tight end. And um you put them alongside Jamar, and Joe Burrow's got some legitimate options 
to sling this rock to. And he's been, I mean, he's been slinging the thing around. Like I said, he's got over 1,900 yards on the year. He's up there in the league. And you just pay attention to the way that this team plays. And it's hard to, it's hard for any defense to do anything against them because they don't do anything poorly. They are a good, well-put-together, well-run team, top to bottom. And, I mean, when you have three wide receiver targets like you do in Higgins, in Chase, and in Boyd, and then throw on Uzma, who has kind of become uh, Joe Burrow's, like, favorite little target on the side, you know, his little side piece that he likes to go to. Uh, his favorite side piece. I love that. Um <laughs> He's become a, a solid player for his Bengals team, though, Uzma. And you add that all together, and it's, it, it, like I said, it's impossible for defenses to play. And this is going to be as crazy as it sounds because this defense got their asses lit up last week for over 500 yards of total offense, over 300 yards of passing. E -e -e -e. This is actually going to be the first test that this secondary has had all year. This is going to be the first test that this defense has had versus a, a really good offense. Like, I'm talking like a really good offense, like a team that might actually go to the playoffs and and make some noise. I, I'm a little terrified. I got to be honest with y'all. You got a young secondary out there taking on, yes, a young receiving group but a group that has dominated this entire league this season and a, and a group that is feeling supremely confident after coming out of Baltimore and kicking the crap out of the Ravens and their defense, which is, yeah, I don't want to go there, but it's significantly better than the Jets right now, especially in the secondary when you look at Marlon Humphreys. And he, yeah, it wasn't too good for him versus Jamar Chase. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Ugh, so it makes me scared to think of what could happen with Bryce Hall, Eccles, Michael Carter, with them sitting back with a 10-yard cushion. I don't know if they're going to be able to make too many plays on these guys. You're giving too much open room for the for you know Higgins or Chase or anyone to just make cuts on you to make moves and get you out of position I, uh, I I'm very 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 scared of what this game could look like just the way that this secondary plays Salah likes to play his backs the the, the lack of experience and honestly lack of quality at times in those backs leads to missed tackles and leads to extra yards being gained. So I, yeah, it's hard for me to see this uh, looking too good, but it's going to be a big time test. And this is, this is why, you know, this is why you play the games. This is why you have Bryce Hall out there serving as your number one, because you want to see if that's a possibility. You want to see if he's going to be a guy who can play in this league for the long term. And a game like today, is going to probably give us the best barometer on Bryce Hall's future in this league and future with the Jets as any game that we have seen him play throughout the entire season. So keep uh, we'll we'll give you players to watch and keep an eye on at the end, but I would say it's probably safe to think that uh, 
that somebody in that secondary is going to be targeted as a player to watch for this game. And if it's not the player that you're thinking about, if it's not the player you're going to be keeping an eye on, tweet at me, at Zubeard77. Let me know what you're looking at. Let me know who you think is someone that has a chance to uh, make their money today, to make a little uh, name for themselves, or even solidify their spot on this team going forward. Because uh, that's what it is. That's what the rest of the season is going to be, unfortunately. I mean, yes, there are opportunities to get wins. This week is not one of them. But this is a chance to go out there if you're one of these young guys and prove that you deserve to be here. Because through seven weeks, nobody has proven that they deserve to be here past this season. Nobody. And it's it's kind of sad. But you hope guys are starting to look at themselves in the mirror and starting to say, all right, it's, it's time to get going here because we're, we're at the end of October. We're at the end of October, and I don't know if I'm going to be back here next year. We're at the end of October, and I don't know if I'm going to get paid next year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to work playing football. I don't know if I'm going to have to go work at UPS because I'm going to be on a practice squad. Or I'm going to have to go work at Walmart part-time because I'm on the practice squad. This is a time for these young guys, these young men, to become just that, men. And when you when you, when Zach Wilson or just in general, your starting quarterback, your young starting quarterback goes out, it's time to show out. It's time to do the most because it's an opportunity to be great. It's an opportunity to step up, and you have to take those opportunities every time you get them. A couple of quick tidbits, a couple of notes before we get down with the get down here. Um, Gerard Davis, we were talking about him last week. The linebacker will make. His debut for the Jets today versus the Bengals. That's very exciting. I think Davis is a guy that we've all been waiting for. Um, I definitely want to see how he fits into this defense. I want to see how he, you know, what type of difference maker he can be, what he really brings to the table. Because, you know, while Quincy Williams is a guy who could run around and make some things happen and big impact plays, he's not as good of a pure linebacker as I think Davis is. So it'll be nice to see a guy sit back there and, you know, maybe be a little more sturdy in pass coverage, probably be a little bit more smarter when he's running up the field to make a play. Uh, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to check that out. So Gerard Davis back in the mix, finally. So we'll see how that goes. Denzel Mims, he will be on the field also. Uh, obviously Davis, um, not going to be playing. So Mims getting out there for sure. We know that hopefully, hopefully they work him into the offense because every time you see Denzel Mims on the field and he's getting targeted, he's getting close to a ball. Even if it's a terrible throw, even if it's a great, if it's a great throw, he's making a play on it. Like, I don't I don't understand what the hell is going on with him and why he's not getting the opportunity because it appears to me every time he's on the field that he's arguably the best receiver on this team. I mean that's and that's not that's not me uh you know blowing smoke. That's legit. I I think he could be that guy and he looks like that guy too when he's out there. So I would say get Mims on the field for at least 
40% of the snaps today. You got to make that happen, and you got to target him anywhere from three to five times. I mean, I don't know how many times you're going to be passing, but no Corey Davis out there. Get the ball to Mims. I don't need to see Jamison Crowder doing a bunch. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing Elijah Moore do a little bit, but I definitely, definitely need to see what Denzel Mims can do because it's, get, it's getting too late in the season. He's showing way too much in flashes to not have earned an opportunity to go out there and show what he can really do. It, and if they continue to do this, it's just another mark in the column of arrogance and ignorance that this coaching staff is building up right now. Just another example that can go in the book, on the list, as it were, for this coaching staff. But with all that being said, it's now time for players to watch in today's game. And we'll start, as we typically do, on the defensive side of the ball. And I alluded to... uh, Alluded to this earlier, but now I will give you a full-on choice, and I'm going to say we're going to watch Bryce Hall in that secondary because this is a game, I like I said, it's an opportunity for Bryce to step up and solidify himself as a starting quarter in this league going forward. This is a chance for him to actually play some really good competition. You're going to get reps not only against Chase, but against Boyd, against Higgins, and those are good guys to go up against because you're not getting a playoff. You're not, there's nobody, there's nobody who you can underestimate in that receiver room for the Bengals, and there's nobody who won't light you up in that receiver room for the Bengals. So it'll be nice to see that kind of pressure on Bryce. Hopefully, I mean, I can't wait to see how he responds to it. I'm hoping it's in a good way. I think that You know, it's going to be a tough game, especially the way that the Jets like to play these corners sitting back as much as they do. So I'm hoping there's a little bit more press coverage, perhaps, out of Bryce. I want to see how he can deal with that. But this is definitely going to be a game for him where he's going to have an opportunity to make his name. This is going to be a chance for him to, okay, pencil in Bryce Hall next year, starting cornerback. This is that type of game for Bryce. So keep an eye on him. And on the offensive side of the ball, oof, this was a tough one because part of me wanted to say Mike White, but I don't want to do that to you guys. Have you guys watch Mike White when probably on Thursday night he won't even be starting anymore. So instead, we will go with Michael Carter. And... The reasoning behind Michael Carter is, I I, I mentioned it earlier, last week he got eight catches on nine targets from Mike White uh, through checkdowns and whatnot, went for 60-plus yards on those catches. This is an opportunity for him. He's just going to get fed, I think, constantly. Between Mike White using him as a checkdown, as we saw last week, and I hope, I hope Mike LaFleur is smart enough to run the ball 15 plus times with Carter. So you're talking about an opportunity for him to get 20 plus touches in this game. There's no reason that he shouldn't be going for over 100 yards total offense. This is this is an opportunity. Again, we're talking about opportunities. This is an opportunity for Michael Carter to solidify himself as the running back of this team, 
the rest of the year and start to distance himself from Ty Johnson and put a little distance in between himself and Tevin Coleman and make sure that he is the guy, making sure that he is the dude who has to be fed. Michael Carter has to get it done today. I think he's going to have a good game because, I mean, if he doesn't, then this is going to be a really, really, really ugly performance. And I don't think it's going to be that bad, but it could be. It could be, especially if Michael Carter isn't the guy who we all hope that he is. Got an opportunity today. You got to make it happen, young cuz. And with both of the players to watch now being thrown out there, how about a little score prediction? And this game, I've, I mean, I've, I've given you the points. I don't think it's going to be very tight. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think we're getting a, a close game in the fourth. I don't think we're getting a close game in the second quarter. Um, <laughs> but my score prediction for the day, we'll, we'll keep it nice and simple. I think the defense has a better overall performance than they did last week. I don't think they get embarrassed. I don't think they're giving up touchdowns on seemingly every single drive. But I don't think the offense is going to have any type of a day at all. So, while the defense gets better, the offense, I don't want to say they take a step back because they've been terrible all year, but they don't move forward. And the score for today, I got Bengals 34, Jets 10. Another brutal loss, and I mean, it's... It's another, it's going to be another bad offensive day, I think. I think it's going to be another one of those games where we all are sitting here at the end and we're just scratching our heads wondering, is is Mike LaFleur the guy? Is Mike LaFleur a guy that can really do something in this league as an offensive play caller? I have my reservations. You all know that. You all know that I have my reservations on the man, but this... This is going to be a real showing of how he knows how to call an offense. This is going to be a under. This is going to be an opportunity to see if he understands that you have to change up your play calls based on personnel. But we'll see. We'll see how he handles it. And I do think, to the credit of this team, to the pride of this team, I mean, and to the pride of Mike Lafleur, I think the guy has to have some pride in himself. But I do think the offense is going to come out swinging today. And I'm willing, with my last prediction of the day, to say the Jets will score in the first quarter for the first time this entire season. It will happen today, people. So tune in early, and then after they score in the first quarter, you can turn it right off. Come back here afterwards on Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Time to Jets podcast, Hit that subscribe. That way, once the post game drops, you will be alerted and you can hop right in and give us a listen. And of course, you can tweet at me throughout the game at Zoobeard77. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know how you feel about Mike LeFleur. Let me know what you're thinking about this secondary throughout the game because I think they are the place to watch. And Bryce Hall specifically. Let me know your thoughts on Bryce. Also, 
I do appreciate you. And I wanted to say thank you guys for riding through this journey. It's gonna be it's gonna be something the rest of the way through. But we'll get through it, guys, and we'll find the positives. We'll find the negatives as well. But hopefully we get some more positives going forward. But for right now, everyone, it's time for me to jet on out of here. And without further ado, peace.